Welcome to the Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Rebecca Ibarra. And I'm Dave Smith. It's Monday, March 28th, and we're bringing you real-time news fresh like live radio, but on demand like podcasts. Here's the latest. The January 6th committee wants to talk directly with Jenny Thomas, the conservative activist and wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. First reported by CNN, Jenny Thomas will likely be asked about the nearly 30 text messages she sent to former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows in the days following the 2020 election, urging him to pursue efforts to keep Trump in power. The news has prompted Democrats to demand that Clarence Thomas recuse himself from election-related cases before the court. Roman Abramovich, a Russian oligarch who's been acting as an intermediary between the Russian and Ukrainian presidents, may have been poisoned. That's according to sources cited by The Wall Street Journal. Abramovich and several Ukrainian negotiators developed symptoms, including painful tearing of the eyes and peeling skin, although their lives are not in danger. The sources point the finger at Moscow hardliners who want to sabotage peace talks. The mayor of Mariupol is calling for a complete evacuation of his city, saying its fate is now, quote, in the hands of its occupiers. The southern Ukrainian port city has endured weeks of brutal assault by Russian forces and is reportedly without food, water, and power. Meanwhile, talks between Russia and Ukraine are set to resume tomorrow in Turkey. Ukrainian President Zelensky made a major concession over the weekend, telling a group of Russian journalists he's now open to his country officially declaring neutrality. That would end Ukraine's bid to join NATO. At the Oscars last night, Apple TV Plus became the first streaming service to win Best Picture for its film, Coda. And one of its stars, Troy Kotzer, picked up Best Supporting Actor. He's the first deaf man to win an Oscar. Best Supporting Actress went to West Side Story's Ariana DeBose, the first openly queer woman of color to win for acting. Everyone is talking about Will Smith this morning for all the wrong reasons. Last night was supposed to be the biggest night of his career. He won the Oscar for Best Actor for his role in King Richard. But before that, Smith got into a physical altercation with Chris Rock, who had made a joke about Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett. Smith stormed on stage, slapped Rock in the face, returned to his seat, and shouted an expletive-ridden sentence twice at the top of his lungs, which had to be silenced during the telecast. During his acceptance speech, Smith was in tears and apologized to the Academy for his actions, but it's unclear what the long-term fallout will be for him. We're updating those headlines as news happens until 1 p.m. Eastern, so keep checking in. Also coming up, the problem with professionalism at work. WebEx is driving hybrid work by ensuring almost anyone, almost anywhere, can be seen, heard, and have the ability to contribute equally. Learn more at webex.com slash hybrid work. Tesla shares are on the rise after the company announced it's pursuing a stock split, the second one in less than two years. This means Tesla shares could be more affordable without losing their overall value. Companies like Amazon and Alphabet, whose shares eventually became too pricey for regular investors, have recently pursued similar moves. Score one for the environment and Tesla. 
Reuters reports the government is boosting penalties for automakers that don't meet fuel efficiency requirements. For some companies like Chrysler parents Stellantis, they're looking at millions of dollars in fines. But for Tesla, this is a huge win. Tesla gets credits from the government since it only makes electric cars and sells those credits to other companies that can't meet regulatory requirements. So this just increases the value of those credits. The historic and movie-like run of the St. Peter's Peacocks has ended. For those not following March Madness, St. Peter's, an underdog commuter school in Jersey City, delighted basketball fans and busted NCAA brackets when they became the first 15th seed team to ever reach the final eight. But the North Carolina Tar Heels smashed their dreams over the weekend, beating them 69-49. to It was beautiful while it lasted. Now the Tar Heels go on to play Duke, and Villanova will face Kansas in the final four. The Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins died suddenly on Friday night. He was just 50 years old. The band was in Colombia getting ready to perform in Bogota. Colombia's attorney general said Hawkins had an enlarged heart and about 10 different substances in his system when he died, including opioids, antidepressants, and benzodiazepines. It's the end of an era. Phil Collins is saying goodbye to his fans. Tonight is a very special night. Over the weekend, Collins and Genesis, his band of 54 years, gave their final concert in London to a packed arena. It's the last show for Genesis. Collins is 71 and has health issues, so he performed sitting down. His son Nick played the drums in his place. I'm sure we've all been told at some point to act professional, right? To like dress appropriately and behave a certain way in the workplace. But the very idea of professionalism is not only outdated, it can also be discriminatory and biased. This cultural norm assumes a wealthy white male standard, and it frequently punishes women and people of color who don't conform to it. Here to talk about it is Drake Bear. He writes about workplace culture for Insider. Drake, what I love about this is that professionalism is one of those terms that it feels like it's always been there, but it actually comes from like the 1930s, you write. Yeah. So what we today consider like elite professional services, management consulting, venture capital, investment banking, those all came up in the 1930s and the 1940s. And in fact, these firms very purposefully attuned to what elite looked like in whatever market they were in. So as they were moving into England, they were looking for Oxford degrees and Etonian accents. And in Germany, they learned to spot men who had saber wounds on their cheeks, since fencing was a pastime of high-class families. <laughs> and the point is that over time, our brains have come to associate or even conflate these things, that the qualifications for these roles and these big jobs are often mistaken for the social characteristics of the people who have held them historically. And you also write that this kind of professionalism is a form of gaslighting, that it's crazy making. How so? So gaslighting, you know, is when someone denies your reality to you mm -hmm. and says that's not the case. There are these objective standards. And if you don't meet them, it's your fault. If you could just be a little more this or that, then you wouldn't face bias or discrimination. The, the training offerings that are out there to, quote, fix the women, end quote, <laughs> right? These various seminars where you're told how to dress, how to do your hair, how to present yourself, how to negotiate, but not too hard, how to be assertive without being too much. So this obviously hurts employees. 
But how does it hurt companies? Does it hurt companies as well? So I had a brilliant colleague who always used to say, diversity without inclusion is a revolving door of talent. Hmm. If half your workforce is having to do all of this additional emotional labor, what's also been called an inclusion tax, if they're not meaningfully included, if they're evaluated for how they look or sound rather than their work, they're not going to stick around very long. And given the war for talent that's on right now, it's really on employers to provide the best employee experience possible. Yeah. So how can they help fight this problem? So what you can do is literally block out the names on resumes. If you're recruiting, block out hobbies. There are elite hobbies like boating (laughs) versus less elite hobbies, right? Anything that signals gender, race, class, just strip those things out and get to the actual work experience itself. So what is your biggest takeaway from your reporting? I think the biggest takeaway is that professionalism, just like every other standard uh, or norm in business, didn't fall from the sky. It hasn't always been there. And it's been like actively cultivated. And there are some people who benefit and some people who don't. So the more that we have language to talk about these things person to person and also realize that these assumptions are baked into our systems, the more equitable we can make our workplaces. Thanks so much for chatting, Drake. Thank you. Drake Bear writes about business culture for Insider. Be sure to follow the refresh from Insider on your favorite podcast apps or better yet, go to insider.com slash the refresh to use our custom designed player. We also want to hear from you. Reach us at the refresh at insider.com. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. Thanks for listening to the refresh from Insider. Insider.